Welcome to the Teacher Collaborative Podcast, Small Wins and Big Ideas. No one could have imagined the pandemic we're living through or how it would totally interrupt the Massachusetts school year. But as K-12 educators, you're more than meeting this unprecedented moment. We're not surprised. We've seen your expertise and passion. In this season, you'll hear your colleagues describe their hopes, fears, and breakthroughs in their own words. They'll share tips and offer resources, and they'll do what teachers do best, inspire us to dream big. I'm Maria Fenwick. I'm Kat Johnston. And we're the founders of the Teacher Collaborative, a community for teachers across Massachusetts, where you can share ideas, find inspiration, and meet like-minded educators. We're excited to introduce this season's guest hosts, teachers Shante Alves and Dan Adler. Welcome. Thanks for inviting us. I'm Shante. I teach pre-kindergarten in Boston Public Schools at the Young Achievers School. Go Owls! And I'm Dan. I teach middle school science at Up Academy Leonard in Lawrence, Massachusetts. This season, we're centering each episode around a theme that's come up for us and for our colleagues. We're all figuring this out as we go along. During the spring of 2020, we brought together Massachusetts teachers to share their small wins and big ideas from teaching at home. Hear their voices and find yourself in their stories. Let's get started. Shantae, this week we're talking about teacher well-being. What does that mean to you? Well, Dan, I think it means being realistic about what I want to achieve as a teacher during this time. I do have goals for virtual learning. Um, I do have expectations of my owls and I do have engagement and partnerships with my families. And so I'm using that as a way to set realistic expectations of myself and my students and my families, but also giving all of us grace. That's really great. You read your class, you know, you read your class during Zooms and you see which Zooms are absolutely necessary. And, you know, maybe you should take out this social Zoom or or like today I had no owls show up to social Zoom. So at 506, I shut down my computer and said, you know what, I'm going to work on this special education documentation that's due on Friday. So sometimes your social your well-being switches. But I think I'm finally starting to get the hang of it. That sounds awesome. But also hard to find that calibration between what you should be doing and what you want to be doing and being responsive to kids. I hear you. It definitely feels a lot like juggling. Yes, for sure. Minus the big clown shoes and the red nose. Some teachers have figured out some completely different tools and we had the luxury and the pleasure of hearing what all of their strategies were too. Shante, you want to hear some small wins? Oh, I love small wins. So I am taking at least an hour every day to step away from the computer and take a yoga class. And that has really given me more of a break than I actually thought it would. I found myself, you know, at like 10 o'clock at night answering an email from a student. Their timing is very different from mine. And I finally said, you know what? That's not the way my day is going to run. I'm going to be done at this certain time and I'll answer their emails in the morning and they'll just have to wait. So I've been number one, stopping at a certain time, but number two, I've been trying to do yoga each night. Like I make a point to really focus on my breathing and I think it's the only time of day I can actually clear my head of some thoughts. Nature is a great place for me at least to find a mindful moment. And it doesn't have to even be like the woods. Like it could just be you're you're taking the dog for a walk and you stand and you just look at a tree for five minutes because some trees are really interesting. I'm noticing that like on one day, the maple trees don't have their leaves yet. And then within three days, suddenly they've unfurled and you're kind of going like, wow, that was lightning quick in a way in 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 a thing that takes years to grow. And then within my kind of teacher group or, you know, friend group, we've been trying to 
be together without actually being together. And we do that by going on hikes, not together, but finding landmarks on a hike and saying like, hey, I was at this tree at this place. And then people go on a hike, you know, hour later, the next day. I too was at that tree at this place. I created a, a journaling assignment and I'm using quotes there because it's not going to be graded and it won't even be read unless students ask me to. So I created in Google Classroom just an online journal and they're embedding images, songs, poems, anything that speaks to them in that moment that not only tells their own story, but tells about like a really significant time. I've found that they've really enjoyed journaling and also it makes me journal as well because if you're going to talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. We started a coffee, cocoa and conversation group for the teachers at school. And so I started it back in like January, just as a like way to connect with other teachers every week. And so I moved that to an online format when we got out of school. And it was just so helpful to have that time to reconnect with people from the building. And I just feel like it grounds me in the way that I feel like there's some normalcy. There's other people out there. That connectedness can be so critical to feeling like we're not in this alone. Those are really great. Lots of yoga and nature. Thanks to Tiffany, Kara, Josh, Casey, and Jean. But Dan, do you know what's even better than a small win? I'm going to go ahead and guess a big idea. Oh, stop. But also, yes. I think we're both interested in making a real habit out of focusing on our well-being. That's why we also spoke to mindfulness expert Caitlin Krauss. Right. Caitlin is a graduate of Massachusetts Public Schools. She was a curriculum coordinator and a teacher in Rhode Island and has taught and directed K-12 programs internationally for two decades. She's also the author of Mindful by Design. Here's part of our conversation with her. Caitlin, we all know that self-care is really important, but it also feels like something that's really challenging to make time for. How would you encourage educators to make time and space for themselves? It's not a quick fix. It's really about an active, intentional awareness, really dropping in in the present moment and saying, okay, maybe I'm in a state of fear right now, and that's okay. It's actually okay to be uncomfortable. And mindfulness is a practice, it's a lens, different focus techniques that are about flipping that fear into curiosity. And a lot of those techniques have to do with storytelling, right? You just ran a mindfulness workshop with the teacher collaborative. What's one activity you did with them? And why focus on telling stories? I personally loved the exercise with sketching a tree out of your window because each person was invited to take a journal and hand sketch. And the sketch became like a story. It was, you know, this is my view. We can do them for ourselves. We can do this with our kids. But when we manually slow down and start to notice details, what's happening is we're, we're kind of narrating our life and saying, Hmm, I noticed this in this moment. And it's not just any tree, it's that tree. And it's not just on any day, it's on this day. What does it look like now? People are experiencing burnout. And sometimes that little act of noticing, it sounds so simple, but it decreases the stress right away. Caitlin had so much to share. She really emphasized how important it is to treat your body with dignity right now. Doing some yoga, not hunching over in your chair, it can all help you de-stress. Which reminds me of another teacher-turned-mindfulness expert we met, Megan Layton. Here's Megan. A few years ago, I resigned from Marblehead High School, which was a really hard decision. I loved it there, and the teachers would just 
felt called to do this. So I currently work one-on-one with individuals, with educators on their own personal practice and also tools to bring into the classroom. It was great to chat with Megan. If there's one thing she'd share with teachers right now, it's this, five-finger breathing. I had actually never done this before we spoke to Megan. Can you take a shot at explaining it to me again? So what you do is you take your index finger and put it at the base of your thumb on your opposite hand. Then you breathe in and move your finger up to the top of your thumb. Then breathe out and swing your finger down to the crook between your thumb and finger. Then up and down until you reach your pinky. I can literally feel some of my students going up and down as quickly as possible and just saying, hey, look, I'm done. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of my four-year-olds and five-year-old owls trying to be like, oh, this is fun, Miss Owls. But, you know, this does remind me of something else Caitlin brought up. We forget to take care of ourselves when we're taking care of students all day. We can be so focused on teaching them five-finger meditation and really getting it right that we don't actually stop and do it ourselves or take care of ourselves at all. That's so true. Especially if you have kids of your own right now. Totally. You remember Casey from earlier. Her small win was that cool journaling activity. Mm -hmm. She's right in the middle of figuring out how to take care of herself or really how to accept herself. Acceptance is the idea that like we spend so much time thinking about how to take care of other people. I'll be a better teacher when I take this course, or I'll be a better partner when I do this, or I'll be happier when I lose this amount of weight. And thinking about how can I accept myself for even the things that I'm not proud of in the moment, but saying, I am enough right now. This is who I am, and I'm exactly who I should be at this moment. And taking that as a launch pad for growth, but also self-love. Shante, does this sound familiar to you at all? So what I've been thinking about is, what can I not hold myself accountable to? How important is it that you're up and at it at 8.30 a.m., all showered and ready to go for Zoom? Like, can you just give yourself that extra 30 minutes of sleep, do your Zoom, and then go shower? Nobody will know. They cannot smell you through the computer. Um, So little things like that, just being mindful. Like, you know what? I don't have to be up and showered, ready to go at 8.30. Like, I can give myself that extra half an hour, hour to sleep. And after that Zoom, I'm going to go de-stress from that Zoom. Make sure you there are things you are not holding yourself accountable to right now, because I don't know if you knew, I don't know if anybody on here knew, but we're going through a global pandemic. So might want to be, you know, lenient on yourself right now. <laughs> yeah, this theme of not holding yourself accountable for everything. This is something that came up a lot. You actually spoke with Kara from North Quincy High School about this sort of thing. Yeah, she's learning how to not be a perfectionist right now. I've really been conscious of trying to find a balance between still trying to hold high expectations for myself and my students, but also finding the grace that is required right now. As a teacher, you know, if something's late or something's done in a way that you know that student is more capable of, or, you know, you didn't get to do something today. At first, I think when this all started, I still just had that automatic teacher reaction of like, I know you can do this better. I know. And I just, I had to think to myself, it's okay right now. None of this, I mean, it matters, but ultimately What's most important is that we're healthy and we're safe and that they know that they are cared for no matter what they turn in. The expectations don't have to be up here. I still should have expectations and want them to be successful. But But Grace, 
I love that. Grace. I think that's a better way of phrasing it for sure. And that, that word goes through my mind constantly. And I hope that I take that with me after this too. That resonates completely. It took me a few weeks into this to realize you can want the best for your students, want them to be incredibly successful now and in the future, but also know that you need to just breathe. And let them breathe. And understand that there's a lot going on. Um, you know, Kara mentioned she'd take that concept of grace with her out of this crazy moment. Shantae, imagine, and this is wild, mm -hmm. imagine that this is suddenly all over. That it's five years down the road and teaching from home is just a distant memory. What will you have taken with you from this time? What is something you want to implement in your real-life classroom once you get back to it? And I know I'm putting you on the spot. Mm-hmm, you are. So I'll give you my answer first. For me, scheduling has been incredibly freeing, and it's something I want to take back to my practice in the fall. Interesting. So I spent the first few weeks in this nebulous blob of what is time, what day is it, and oh my god, if I get another Google Classroom notification, <laughs> I will throw every piece of technology into my front yard and run it over with my car. Feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just like normal calm thoughts. Lots of feelings. But I'm actually participating in a PD right now by the Together Leader, and it's been really weirdly freeing to make a schedule and stick to it. So I have a meeting with myself on Sunday, and I say, here is when I'm teaching. Here is when I'm lesson planning. Here is when I'm grading. And here is when I am doing none of those things. This is when I am running. I am currently getting my butt kicked by bar every day at three o'clock. <laughs> and I put my phone on do not disturb. And I go get to do that with my partner. And no matter how many notifications I'm still getting, at 10.30, I throw my phone across the room and say, I'm done. And having that schedule and saying, I need to not hold myself accountable to always be on has been really important for my self-care. I'm definitely taking that with me into the future. Wow. It also doesn't surprise me at all that scheduling is one of your favorite things to do right now. But what did some of our teachers have to say? Okay. So Jane of Coffee, Cocoa, and Conversation fame <laughs> thought that we need to have grace for each other, not just for our students. Sometimes people get very stubborn and angry about things, and we have to remember that we don't know what's going on with them. So a simple like phone call to reach out and say, hey, is everything okay? Like, what's happening? I think that that's extremely important. Not only teacher to teacher, but administrator to teacher as well. Have some grace with each other, and we don't know what everybody else is going through. That definitely seems essential, not only now, but all the time. You never know. Yeah, we also heard from Kara from Lowell, who has been dealing with a lot right now. She just had a baby last Halloween and was on maternity leave when this all started. She literally told her principal, all right, all hands on deck, I'm coming back, even though she still had some maternity leave left. Wow, that's amazing. And she was feeling guilty because she already missed half the year and was staying up all night on Zoom with her students trying to overcompensate. But she was also seeing her baby just watch her look at a computer all day. So she had to do something. I said to my parents on Dojo, I left a huge message and I said, listen, I really value all of you, but I also value my own family. So from now forward on Sundays, I will not respond to any of your emails, texts, or any other forms of communication because it really should be a day where you kind of hang out with your family. And I want to be respectful to my family because I feel like I'm constantly on the computer. So um, that's been really helpful because they actually responded positively, which I'm sure they would have, but in my mind, I, I want to overcompensate so much for not being there for the last six months that I just like thought negative things, but I should have just kind of let myself think positive. Now as a parent, I would also be like, yeah, you're a mom. Like we get it, you know? 
So that's kind of been a turning point for me is to kind of make those boundaries clear with myself and my families. Yeah. Boundary setting. I love it. Sometimes you just have to say, okay, that's it. That's all I can do today. What a great thing to remember going forward. And Dan, what a conversation about well-being. What did you think? I thought it was awesome. I thought it was really cool that we covered a range of ideas from self-care and exercise to scheduling and even hunts for a specific tree. Right. (laughs) Which is definitely not something I would have thought was going to happen on the podcast. What is something you're taking away? You know, I'm typically not a mindfulness person and I really struggle to slow down. No way. I know. Hold on. Let me look between my seven browser tabs and my two screens. Uh, But I did think it was really important to think about those moments where we just slow down and think about things we're grateful for. And I, not to be a big old softy, but when we're all done, I'm probably going to go find my partner and say like, hey, I'm really grateful for you and for all your support in this ridiculously stressful time. I just... Oh, that's awesome. It's the kind of thing that having been reminded to do, I'm going to go show some gratitude after this. Yeah. Words of affirmation go a long way. I think for me, I actually want to implement the five finger breathing with my owls in class. And I cannot wait to see how fast they go as I model it to them. Like, I'm really excited to see how that goes down. Yeah. I'm... I'm really excited about how much people wanted to collaborate and talk to each other. And I think it's interesting that we had such awesome guests, right? Hearing from Caitlin and Megan was great, but then also hearing from people like Kara and Kara and Jean and having people, (laughs) but just having people feel comfortable to join a call and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling and this is what I want to try and this is what's working for me. It's, It's those kind of exchanges that are going to make these conversations worthwhile. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Collaborative Podcast. Join the conversation through our new virtual community for Massachusetts educators, where you can ask your own questions and share your own small wins and big ideas. Learn more at theteachercollaborative.org and find us on social media at the Teacher Collab with one L. We'd like to thank the people who made this podcast possible. Our hosts, Dan Adler and Shante Alves, our producer, Robert Scaramuccia, and teacher Ben Truboff for our theme music, The Dusty Pencil Sharpener. Additional music by Blue Dot Sessions. The thing that's being highlighted right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you really eating during our podcast recording? I thought it was a pause. Wow, Dan. Can you please be professional? I'm trying and it's peanut butter, so it's even worse because it's all like... <laughs> I think Shantae's just bitter I didn't laugh at her clown joke. <laughs> I really am hurt by that, by the way. <laughs> that was that was really good. I'm just saying. It was it was good. <laughs> All right.